And welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us we have games editor, Mark Kalaroff. More Tycho, more fun. <laughs> more Tycho, more fun. Uh, also with us is indie games editor, Campbell Gill. Now, Cameron, with every fiber of my being, I can't guarantee this, but I'm going to try as hard as possible oh to avoid making dig puns throughout this episode. I can't wow. guarantee that I won't make a single one. I may I may slip up. I may backslide every now and again. Sure. But, you know, you can't see it. There's an audio-only podcast, but I'm just going to be sitting in the back with, like, my veins bulging as I'm just trying <laughs> to hold in the mediocre <laughs> shovel puns. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, That's okay, my, my well, commitment going into this episode. Are they mediocre, so, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I like to sit disappointed. Damn. Yeah, um, that's pretty funny. Okay, I mean, well, well, Mark, I s- Mark and I will attempt to hold you to account. That we, Thank we you. Do our yes. do our best. Just boot me off the podcast if I make a bad pun. So that's fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. we that's will fair. Uh, we will do what we can. Uh, so yeah, this week we uh, we wanted to follow up on our uh, Celia is unfortunately not uh, not joining us for this uh, this episode Celia from uh, Yacht Club Games but we have to follow up on our interview with her from a, a couple weeks ago to talk about now that the game is finally out Shovel Knight Dig the latest from Yacht Club Games the 2D roguelite Shovel Knight adventure so we the game is finally out we've all three been playing it um of course, Campbell is referring to not uh, wanting to make dig-related puns, so we're going to have to do our best to uh, to not, you know, to, to 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 let him, you know, not do that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's difficult. let's talk about this game. We, we've we've talked about uh, the the lead up to Shovel Knight Dig for the last year or so, but now that the game is finally out, how is everybody feeling about it? It's excellent, and like the main thing that I have to say about this is that it's a roguelike that doesn't make me upset that it's a roguelike, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Every time we've talked about a roguelike on this show, I've I've always been like, man, it's really good, but I wish it wasn't a roguelike. I wish it wasn't randomized, <laughs> you know? But this sure. time, this is a roguelike that I think really works well with the medium. It just yeah. it, it has that randomization to it. It has constant variety, but there's also an element of it. And we'll, you know, obviously get more into the actual level design structure of the game in a bit. But the, it, the way that it's randomized yet also feels like it's in, like uh, intentionally designed every level, right? It doesn't feel like it's just randomly thrown together like an algorithm. Everything makes sense and it's compelling. Okay, oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm... I'm so far kind of right there with you mark what about yourself what do you think um i think it's good but i will say this after all these years of development i kind of expected a little more (laughs) i hate to say it but like i really i really like the game i think also you know i 
I thought Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon was just incredible the more I play it. Like, I just love what they did with the genre combinations there. And then the original Shovel Knight's just a classic and all the expansions. I've been digging into them. I didn't even mean to do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's okay. okay so can we kick Mark right? off the show now? <laughs> no, no. We'll allow it. Okay. I've, been, I've been playing them. They're all great. Mm-hmm. And then I started playing this one. And I don't think... First of all, it's it's a great game. Like I really enjoy it. I, I keep going into it. I kept telling you guys before the podcast, I can't beat this freaking thing, but I keep mm-hmm. going back, which is a mm-hmm. good sign because yep. if a roguelite keeps you keeps you going back and back and back, that means it's doing a good job. So yeah. game's good. I don't like it as much as the other Shovel Knight games, but that might be like a genre bias from me because I prefer yeah. puzzle games and those 2D adventures. And this mm-hmm. one is kind of just like, I wish I can continue from where I left off. <laughs> That's funny. See, for me, I, I'm I'm on, I'm like on the other side of it. Like to me, this is my ideal shovel knight experience. Like, mm-hmm. I I respect the original shovel knight games, uh, the Treasure Trove. I have it on my on my uh, new Nintendo 2DS XL, and it's a it's great. The collection is super fun. I love all the expansions. Clearly, it's like a labor of love. I can respect it. I don't love it, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Like, no, seriously. Like, the, the core, the core Shovel Knight has never like hooked me the way that I that I hoped that it was. Uh, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's like a difficulty thing. Like, for some reason or other, I, I find that the the base Shovel Knight experience to be pretty unforgiving. Like, I don't, I don't know oh, what it, it really is. is. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's very difficult. Um, I don't know if it's like the. I'm not 100% sure what it is, like, because I grew up with, in NES, like, I grew up playing the games that inspired Shovel Knight, but for some reason or another, the core Shovel Knight uh, uh, experience has never been my ideal way to play it. Shovel Knight mm-hmm. Dig, f- for some reason or other, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is this is it for me. Like, this is the Shovel Knight experience that I've been waiting for. I don't know. It's, it's uh the, the it feels bite sized in a way that I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, like and I again I, I understand that the the original Shovel Knight the levels aren't that long. Like I get that, uh, but something about being able to to go. Oh my God, guys, this is completely off topic. I just realized I don't have my microphone plugged in. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going off of my headset. Do I sound okay? You I sound perfect. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell the difference. Wow, that's so funny. No, I've literally just been talking through my headset. I, I don't have huh. my my fancy microphone wow. plugged in. Yeah, it sounds great. Um, there's like a little... I was thinking to myself, like, there's a tiny, tiny, tiny difference. There's you a want little... Me to, I'm going to switch over just for... You may as well, yeah. Just for continuity's mm-hmm. sake. Um, I apologize for derailing this podcast. You can leave this in, Mark, <laughs> or you can edit this out when we get yeah, to we'll just, it. We'll just edit and continue. Um, you sound almost identical. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's you really do. funny. Uh, listen, Rick. Rick paid for this microphone, so I'm you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever he wants. Um, investment to work. Every yeah. penny goes up on the screen, or in the air, in the up, audio, up in, in, the up in your ears. Just have like, a little um, clink sound. That's so funny. So, like I said, Mark, feel free to leave as much or as little of that in as you like. <laughs> um, did you Did you stop pressing record, Campbell? Or are we still live? We here? are still recording. So, Ooh, baby, we're doing it live. Um, mm-hmm. So, as I was saying, this is for me kind of the ideal shovel Knight experience. Um, I I have lately become uh, lately I've really come to love and appreciate the roguelite genre. Got super into Hades when it first came out. I loved Returnal, which I reviewed for the PlayStation 5 when that first came out. Um, 
Inscription has they have a there's a DLC content pack for Inscription that focuses fully on the roguelite part of it, and I've been super enjoying that on my PlayStation Five. Um, and so for me, Shovel Knight Dig, the, like taking the Shovel Knight universe and and kind of shoving it through the roguelike filter, is is perfect. It's like it's I love it. It's great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's still some 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 stuff that I don't that I'm having trouble with. Like the the, the difficulty is still there. It's a pretty unforgiving experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yes. I think that makes it it's it, but it's fun. Like, it makes me kind of lock in. It, like, oh yeah. Uh, how, how, what what biomes? Uh, okay, Campbell, you're the uh, out of the three of us, you are the only one who's actually made it through the entire game. That I am. Uh, which respect, mad respect for you, sir. Mm-hmm. Pro gamer. Uh, yeah, Merc and I are our fake gamers, and Campbell is the one true, mm-hmm. the one true king we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um, how many biomes are there? Um, there like are... in total. Oh, that's a good question. I think it's like five in total, mm. or is it more than that? So let's see. So there's the mushroom mines as a starting area. Okay, it's yeah. six actually, because oh, you well. always have the same starting area and the same final area. But then on the way down, like you can you Everything finish up mushroom there. mines, and then usually you have a choice where you can go like, oh, you can go to the secret fountain, or you can go to this lava area. And then once you finish that, then you have another branch of two different areas to choose from. And then it all ends up in the same final area where you gotcha. fight the final boss. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I've uh, I've made it through the mushroom mines a number of times now. Um, I've done the lava area. Beat, I beat Tinker Knight minutes before we started recording. So like yes. I just just did that. Found the armorer. Like was able to to get that guy back up on the surface. Um, I've made it through the secret fountain once, and I beat that boss one time. Uh, actually, I don't know if I beat. Um, is it Mole Knight who's in the secret fountain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I beat Mole Knight, but I made it to him um, at least once or twice. And the what's the what's the magic area called? Oh man, it's like I actually don't remember off the top That's of my really head funny. because honestly, um, I try to avoid that area as much as possible. It's it is just really freaking hard. messed up. Like literally, the grub, the other level that you can go to at that area is the grub pit, and like it is so much easier. And I'm like always going there as opposed to this magic, awful, topsy turvy horror land. You know, it's really tough. Yeah, I mean, um, the ideas are really cool, in it. and that's one thing that I really appreciate about the design of the game is that each biome feels so radically different from the other and has really unique mechanics going into yeah. it. Like that magic area we're talking the, about. The, the thing, uh, we, uh, we should clarify, the magic landfill. Let's the magic it. landfill, there you go. Yes. The magic landfill it is like a landfill in that it is filled with trash that makes my run suck. Um, so, <laughs> But the thing, the thing that makes it so hard is there's all these, like, portals on each side of the stage or sometimes up above you and below you you go through a portal and you pop out on the other side then there's these giant enemies that are like going between the levels and stuff where these the platforms and it's like there's no safe area and you have to like calculate where you're going to end up every time you go through a portal there's a million things to account for at once and it's hard and it sucks but i do admire the creativity there (laughs) it's it's the kind of thing where uh, like every every i would say that every roguelike roguelite roguelike whatever you want to call it uh, we should be clear this is when i say roguelite um we i'm referring to a, uh, a game that has a procedural, uh, uh, procedurally randomly generated—sorry, uh, blah—randomly blah, generated elements, but there is an element of permanent progression. 
uh, which is what this game has. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we kind of talked a lot about that in our interview with Celia Schilling. Um, when we say roguelike, we are referring to, uh, yeah, this game, yes, your runs are randomly generated. The, re- the artifacts you find, the items that you find, the enemies that appear, like all of that is randomly generated. But there are unlocks that are permanent um, that appear on the surface world and that could affect your future runs. Um, so you're not wiping fully progress every time. And you get to k- keep a little bit of your currency every time you you, uh, you perish in a run. Um, so that's what we're, we're saying when we, we say a, a roguelite. Um, but that said... Yeah, a lot of the stuff in the Magical Landfill is just can completely mess up your run like mm-hmm. instantly. Um, it's it's shocking how fast you can be like, wow, this is I made it through the mushroom mines with barely any damage. I have like a I have like a familiar <laughs> that will give me extra damage. I found some cool artifacts, and then like two screens later, it's like, and I died. Like it's it's uh, <laughs> that area is tough. That said, the smelt works, which is the the area with Tinker Knight and with the armorer, is also really hard. Um, it is excruciating. Yeah, the funny thing, tough. Cameron, is I beat the game, but I have never beaten Tinker Knight because mm. every time I get to the Tinker Knight boss fight, I am on like half health at best, and it just like I can't even finish the fight <laughs> just because wow. the area is so randomly difficult. It's tough. Uh, what about you, Mark? What's what's what are the uh, again? You and I have both not beaten the game, but what, which biomes mm-hmm. do you find yourself struggling with? Or how far have you gotten? Uh, everything but the mushrooms. <laughs> ah, sure, Literally, sure, I'm sure. not even kidding. I I always be again. What's his? I'm sorry, I keep forgetting his name. Spore Knight. Spore Knight. I keep beating Spore Knight, and and then after that, it's like everything's a gamble. I've almost beat Tinker Knight. He was on like his last health, and I died. And then Mole Knight, the same thing has happened. <laughs> wow. Maybe this just isn't my genre, but uh. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, but I have seen, um, you know, the lava, the fountain, and I think I did see the scrapyard. Yeah, I saw all three of them. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. nice. Yeah, yeah, I still. So I've seen, seen all um, the biomes except the the last one. But I will say the one that I think is going to go the most underappreciated in this game is actually like the hub before you even start oh, your run the, because it's filled with yeah. like so yeah i love that area it's like filled with so much character especially oh as God, you start yeah. talking to the the npcs in the underground and then mm-hmm. when they come up to the the surface it's just like just everything there especially when uh the jester why am i going blank on his name chester 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 rhymes with jester when yes. he uh when he first shows up how you hear like the clanking of the you know his um, his ride yeah the giant beetle and how you hear all the gear shifting and then he finally plops himself down and he jumps out and i was like yeah. such a great moment now if you are a shovel knight fan there are so many wonderful little callbacks and easter eggs in here and seeing these characters in a completely new light in the game like you know chester is in the main shovel knight games but now you actually mm-hmm. see this is canonically from the Shovel Knight lore timeline-wise, his first appearance. Yeah. Mm. So now you see how Shovel Knight meets Chester, basically. Um, And then there were so many other just great characters all throughout the overworld. Probably my favorite one is just uh, the little owl that you see on the right side of the screen every time you start. (laughs) This little owl just sitting there on a little sign. And if you want, you can just, before starting your run, jump over and pet the owl. Or if you just want to be an evil fool, you can attack the owl 
and then, and then you could use him to jump on top yes. of the cabin. You can Excuse use me? the owl. Yes. Yeah. I that was one of the first secrets I discovered. I have not done that. I will have to give that Literally, a shot. Literally, I found it by accident because I was jumping to get into the well to start a new run, but I overshot and ended up landing on the owl, bouncing off of him, and then you go over to the next screen and suddenly like I'm like, hey, I'm in a new area now. Okay. I still felt terrible for the owl rip but <laughs> at least i found a new area <laughs> campbell campbell's mix on whether or not it was worth it it um, wasn't so i want to i want to ask uh both of both of you guys as uh, as perhaps bigger shovel knight fans again i don't like i don't like hate the original game it's i, don't, I just wouldn't call myself like a diehard fan um how do you guys feel about like the lore stuff in this game? Mark, I know that during our interview with Celia, you were very much like, let's talk about lore. Like, how are you finding that from... <laughs> well, no, like, how are you finding this game from, from that perspective? Because this is canonically the first Shovel Knight uh, story uh, with, with him and Shield, Shield Knight adventuring together. So how, how does that land for you, if at all? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I haven't gotten to experience the full game yet. Sure. I, am, I plan on beating it, but I haven't uh, fully... I'm not going to say it. Gotten into it. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Now, why are you the one who's struggling with this? Of all people. I don't know. <laughs> of all people, I'm I don't shocked. Know. But the lore so far, it it's like there, there's some witty lines and stuff, but I don't feel like this feels like the origin to Shovel Knight, like a, mm, you know, like mm-hmm. a prequel to the original. It just kind of feels like. I don't know. I feel like Pocket Dungeon kind of had more to it, to its story. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> so I was, I'll agree but, uh, with you, Mark, there. Yeah. I was surprised by how much I was, like, compelled by the events of, of uh, Pocket Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's, the, here's the thing with this game. I Again, I really like it, but I feel like in comparison to Shovel Knight and Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, it kind of feels like it's throwing a softball at, like, all of its defining factors. Like, the lore and the... And even the music's really good, but I don't think it's as good as the other games. The music is incredible. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel, it's still certainly, it's so, so high in quality. The game is great, but I don't think it's on the same standard as Shovel Knight and its expansions and even Pocket Dungeon. I just feel like there's something about this game that kind of doesn't feel like Shovel Knight, but Mm. it is Shovel Knight. That's interesting, That's interesting, Mark, because I have like the almost the exact opposite reaction to that, where it feels so much like Shovel Knight to me. The main difference being that instead of going left to right, like in the mainline Shovel Knight games, you're going, you're down. going down, yeah. and you're doing your little bounce, or what's the actual name? Shovel the Drop. Move? Shovel Drop, thank you. The Shovel Drop is one of the best mechanics from the original Shovel Knight games, mm-hmm. and this game is just built around that idea and the ways that it builds these new gameplay scenarios off of just bouncing off of enemies digging through digging left and right and up and down it just Mm -hmm. really adds a new dimension basically to the shovel knight formula and uh without like changing much around the core moveset you have a lot of the same items that you had in the core shovel knight games you move like the actual moment-to-moment gameplay is very similar to the originals it's just in a new direction and i think that the roguelike formula it's kind of like what cameron what you were saying earlier about how it clicked with you as opposed to the the core shovel knight games whereas the core games are extremely difficult and every stretch between a checkpoint just feels 
very excruciating and stressful where you're like, oh my God, am I actually going to make it? Am I going to lose everything? Am I going to lose so much progress, all this gold? With Shovel Knight Dig, it's a roguelike. So you kind of lose that element because you're going to lose everything no matter what. <laughs> you're always starting from the beginning. Mm. So it cuts out that element of stress to it at least. So that's what I find makes it a valid change in addition to the Shovel Knight formula. As opposed to branching off of it, a cool new take on it at least. Yeah, well, because again, Yacht, Yacht, Club has, uh, Yacht Club Games has done such a, uh, I don't know, a, a, a incredible job with the expansions of the original base game. Like, you had the Plague Knight campaign. You had this, what is it, Specter of Torment. You had mm-hmm. the the King Knight stuff. Like, the King of they've Cards, done, yeah. King of Cards, thank you. Uh, it's such an incredible job of, like, all right, here's what Shovel Knight is. Here's how we put a spin on it in a 2D platformer setting. And, like, mm-hmm. like that's unbelievable. Like, the fact that they've been able to do that for the last several years has been kind of astounding, if you think about it. So... These exper- these kind of forays into different genres has been pretty pretty gratifying, I would say. I think Pocket Dungeon is extremely novel and very compelling. Shovel Knight Dig, I think, to me, is just as compelling as Pocket Dungeon in a different direction. Um, I didn't think it would land as as strongly for me as it has, and I'm I'm very impressed. Like even after talking to Celia about this game for you know an hour and a half or however long we we spoke with her about it, like it's to me it's it's hitting those notes that I was hoping that it would hit. Um, I I can't I don't know I can't say whether or not it it lands on a story level. Like to me, I'm like I don't. Mm super care about that to be honest <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I gotta be gotta be complete about that uh but from a gameplay perspective i'm very much enjoying it um i'm sure there's easter eggs that i'm missing there is one that i caught which i loved which of course is a bloodborne reference um one of the, one of the i don't know what you want to call it townspeople or villagers or whatever uh has like the classic bloodborne outfit which is extremely funny they're talking about a blood moon and all that stuff, which I'm like, I, I, this joke is for me. Like, it's just for me, and I love that. Um, yes, I already talked to Silly about it. It's great. Um, nice. So, like, that Easter egg landed for me. I, I'm sure there's other stuff that I'm missing where I'm where I'm like, I, I just don't know enough about Shovel Knight or the characters or the, you know, all the NPCs to to understand some of the jokes that they're making. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. For for me, this game is landing pretty strongly. I'm I don't know if I'm gonna be as as you know, I don't know if I'm as good as Campbell, to be honest. So uh-huh. I don't know if I'll make yeah. it all None the way None of us end. will be. No, of course <laughs> yeah. not. No. But, yeah. but, you know, and, and Cameron, not not to rub it in or anything, but as oh, the God. one on this podcast who has finished the game and oh, seen the ending and rolled credits on it, um, I think I'm, I'm right there with you, Mark, about the story. Because <laughs> the story is pretty good, and it does add some new details to the lore, and the ending is really sweet and throws an interesting wrinkle on our understandings of the Shovel Knight lore, I guess, but it doesn't really do all that much, right? Mm -hmm. There are so many interesting little tidbits sprinkled throughout the game. And like, for example, the first time you finish up the Mushroom Mines, you might have this little story event where it's like a dream and Shovel Knight is chasing after his bag. He's trying to get that bag. Yeah, he's trying to get that bag, you know? And then Shield Knight shows up and it's like, hey, are you okay? And they're talking about the importance of the bag. And like, after this event, it's like, oh man, what does the bag really mean? Why is is this happening? Like, it's kind of, and then after you finish the mines for the first time as well, you 
get a weird cutscene the first time you go back up to the surface. There were these cool tidbits, but they're not really followed up on in the end, mm. which <laughs> at the same time, I don't know how fair it is to criticize an arcadey roguelike for not having a super yes. in-depth story. Like, yeah, <laughs> well, Hades tricky, has a but really it's also, deep story, but this it, is It's Hades. the way they advertise the game. Like, especially when, you know, when we had Celia on last week and yes, she talked yes. about it, she made it seem like that um, the game was going to explore the relationship between Shovel Knight and Shield Knight, and we were going to start really learning about their dynamic and stuff. But instead... So far, I feel like this game has offered nothing in regards to that. Okay, now, I won't say nothing, because it doesn't really happen in the course of the mainline story. But if gotcha. you do talk to characters that you find either up in the town or during your run, they do offer some really interesting pieces of information about mm -hmm. the relationship between Shovel Knight and Shield Knight. Gotcha. You know, that's all I'll say. But and we're talking about such a game. minute detail. Like again, it's a it's a roguelite. Like you know, it's a roguelite. <laughs> the gameplay yeah. matters most, and the gameplay is good. So exactly, yeah, that's but, you most know, important. Yeah, it's a bummer that there's so much potential in it, and it doesn't really follow through on it as much as it possibly could. Mm -hmm. But again, yeah, but I'm sure we're gonna get it. Yeah, we're gonna get the full blown shovel. I mean, we have to eventually get like a shovel knight, a proper sequel. Because it just, I feel like it just has to happen, right? I wonder, <laughs> right? I wonder no what that. Yeah. I wonder what that would look like. Because to me, Treasure Trove, like, is the sequel. You know what I mean? Like all the expansions. Well, that's the thing. Tre all those right. expansions are prequels. Exactly. Well, but I'm I'm saying like in terms of gameplay and stuff, you know. Well, like, even like, yeah, even in terms of gameplay, they just add minor stuff that helps the formula. You know, it's mm. you know it continues to expand upon it, but it's not like a full blown sequel interesting so see I, I'm, I'm just curious so i feel like we haven't actually talked about this what in your mind uh you, and either of you can answer this um mark I, i'm kind of speaking to you specifically but campbell obviously mm -hmm. feel free to jump in um <laughs> what would constitute a full-fledged shovel knight sequel be, beyond like a jump to 3d or something like that well it would still have to be a 2d platformer or sure, a 3d sure. platformer it just has to be like a you know a platformer that continues mm. off the first game. I mean, that's mm -hmm. you know that should be the basis of it. And then I guess, well, I, know, I'm asking whether they to, should. Like, I'm asking like like what does that look like? Because to me, they've they've already done that. Like they did it. They have four exp or three expansions for for Shovel Knight. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like okay, obviously so those are prequels yeah. in terms of story. Yeah. And but they like, were all yeah, they were all like different characters and stuff yeah, like that. Right. I want to like be able to play a Shovel Knight mm -hmm. and learn more about I Shovel see. Knight exactly. and you know utilize his abilities in like a new way. So so we're hoping for like a like a Super Mario World style. Yes, 100%. exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't know if it has to like change graphics or like I don't care about any of that stuff. It could look right. exactly the same. I'd like to see them jump from, you know, they sort of have like that 8-bit 16-bit look to it. I think this game is what I envisioned as what a sequel would look like visually. 100%. It has like that 32-bit style in a sense. So yeah. I'd like to see them continue down that path. So I see what you're saying. So you you would so like ideally in like okay so like perfect, you know perfect universe, uh, COVID doesn't slow down development. Uh, they've got all the resources <laughs> they want. They they're like all right we're gonna buckle down we're gonna make a shovel knight sequel. You're like I want it in this art style of shovel knight dig, but I want it to be more focused on as a two D platformer. Maybe we introduce some new mechanics. Maybe there's like. 
I don't know, multiple protagonists or something. Like you're hoping for more of the 2D, you know, adventure platformer style. Yeah, the 2D style. adventure platformer. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, just curious. And like all these, you know, all these spinoffs are great, but, oh, yeah. you know, they're all in different genres and stuff. And that's what I love about them. They're all different experiments and stuff. And they utilize the Shovel Knight world and the characters and the gameplay mechanics. They all perfectly utilize them. Mm. But they're not like a 2D platformer. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, and I don't, I don't know if it will happen for a long time because you know they're doing Mina the Hollower and they did Cyber Shadow and oh my God, they're talking about more. The oh my God, it's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so good. <laughs> but they're talking about all these original projects and stuff, which I love because I want Yacht Club to go after original stuff. But oh yeah, you know we're up to, you know, Shovel Knight had what was it three or four expansions, and then we had Pocket Dungeon. Now we have Dig, and it's like okay, now we've basically gotten like six shovel knight games yeah. since the original you know what I mean, they now call shovel of hope so so mark's out. mark's tapping his watch being like all right it's time it's time for for a yeah. new we've had a we've had a bit too many uh expansions uh-huh. and spinoffs and you know. yeah I'm, I'm curious uh, not to turn this again not to turn this into like the yacht club games speculation podcast but like we know that they're hiring for something in 3d Right, like that's oh, been be so good. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's true. That's a thing that's happening. Yeah, and they're, they've they're confirmed hiring, it too. They've confirmed that they're hiring 3D uh, designers or pe- people experienced in in 3D. Um, you know, like like coders. Mm-hmm. We don't know what that is though. So like, it could be any, it could be an original project. It could be literally anything. I, I mean, I, of course, you know, people I think are hoping it has to do with Shovel Knight, but like. I mean, you know, they made doing the 3D model for like ukulele and Super Smash Brothers right, right? and all right. this stuff. So it's like they might as well use that 3D model. Yeah, I mean, so it yeah. could it could be in that place. But that being said, it wouldn't shock me if they're like, you know what, we've been doing we've been putting out Shovel Knight projects almost every year for the last <laughs> you know seven years. Which I wouldn't It wouldn't shock me if they if they put Shovel Knight to bed for a little while. And obviously, Celia mm-hmm. has been very very clear on on what she can and cannot talk about. So this is this is not insider information. Like I don't know what. You know, I don't know what the future of maybe we'll uh, finally get a game about the yacht club boat. (laughs) (laughs) Shovel Knight sailing, maybe. Shovel Knight sailing. (laughs) It's it's Sea of Thieves, but it's Shovel Knight. Yes. (laughs) Um, It's Shovel Knight wearing a little like pirate hat instead of a helmet, maybe. I there's like horns. I would. Yeah, I would play that. That Sounds great. (laughs) And that's the 3D game. You know. Wow. Yeah. It's like. It's like Phantom Hourglass, uh, Legend of Zelda Shovel Phantom Knight. Hourglass, but it's Shovel Knight. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would play the hell out wait, of that. Wait, that would be incredible. And wait a second, guys, did we just invent a game? And Should graphically, we... <laughs> it needs to be in the same style as Phantom Hourglass, so it still looks really, like, retro. You know, all blocky and yes. angular. Not quite yeah. Shovel Knight 64, but a bit I, like a loved... short hike. Listen, not not mm-hmm. to derail this po- this podcast, but I loved Phantom Hourglass. That was my first Phantom Hourglass DS game. Phantom Hourglass is so freaking good. It was yeah. so good, except for the stupid puzzle where you had to fold the DS... That was dumb. Which I mean, took me way too long to figure out. A lot um, of those, both those Zelda DS games had some really stupid gimmicky puzzles in there. Mm-hmm. I also didn't like going back to that dungeon all the time. Right. Um, but aside from that, though, just, uh, it's legendary. Just a feeling of sailing out on the open seas. a good-ass game. Lineback. Oh, my God. So good. Anyway. I, 
Uh, anyway, yeah, sorry. That's a completely derail everything we're talking nostalgia. about. Nostalgia. Uh, <laughs> nostalgia, baby. Um, I was in, huh, I was 19 years old when I was playing that game. You want to know um, how old I was when I was playing nope. that game? Nope. Okay. I don't want to know. <laughs> don't tell Dust me, baby. blows off his shoulder. I know. I was I feel in like the, the womb. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the, the, uh, what's the, what's the guy who teaches Shovel Knight his moves in, in this game? The, oh, yeah, that's the, the skeleton, skeleton guy. Dude, I'm that guy. You are <laughs> that me. guy, yes. <laughs> Um uh, so yeah, Shovel I Dig point is it's a pretty uh, pretty good video game. Um Yeah, I I it's funny, there, there's still biomes I haven't seen. I have not seen the Grub Pit. I, I've I've somehow have not come across that one just yet. It is literally the best biome, in my humble yeah? opinion at least. Yeah, it's my favorite yeah. one because it is challenging but not excruciating like the magic landfill or the the smelt works. Mm. And it has some really cool gimmicks in there, too. Like, I, I won't spoil it for you guys because you haven't gotten there yet. But there are some really cool moments and there are some really fun challenges. And also the music is, like, constantly stuck in my head. It has one of the catchiest tunes in the game, too. Let's talk a little bit about the music. Um, Legendary. And maybe, and maybe just the aesthetics in general. Because, uh, mm-hmm. Campbell, I know you're the, the resident uh, N-Express Nintendo podcast musician. Yes, sir. What do we think about Jake Kaufman's uh, score for this particular game? I mean, it should shock nobody, but... Kaufman's done it again, the absolute madman. <laughs> like every th- every soundtrack he touches turns to gold, and like mm-hmm. this is no exception. The, what I was really surprised by was I was expecting a lot of like remixes of existing Shovel Knight themes, right? Because this is a spinoff, and a lot of the areas, while they are original, are reminiscent of biomes that were in previous Shovel Knight games. But no, the music is largely entirely original. And it's just mm. more chiptune magnificence, extremely catchy, very just upbeat and great to like one of my actually one of my favorite things that Celia told us about in our interview was she talked about how playing Shovel Knight Dig is a lot like playing a rhythm game, even though it's not completely actually a rhythm agree. game. Completely agree. The yes. speed and the momentum that you have while you're playing the game, it's like you're moving along to the beat and the music is so upbeat and driving that it really reinforces that aspect while you're playing it. So it's really this great marriage of gameplay and aesthetics there, you know, Long story short, the music, it good. It really good. Music good. Uh, yeah, music good. Jake Kaufman, the goat. He's Yes, sir. He's he's good at what he does. Um, <laughs> he is. Amen. And not just the music, but visually, we're already talking about this too, but visually, it is excellent. And my favorite thing, one of my favorite things about this game is the work that Nitrome has done with it. Because Nitrome, I love them. I grew up playing Nitrome games. They're, you know, all mm. their little Flash games on the website. Their pixel art was always great, and now that they moved over to console development, uh, their visuals have just boomed off the chart, basically. Just these really fleshed out, luscious, thir- like 32-bit-esque sprites, and mm. Shovel Knight characters have never looked this good. Like, there are new, like, Sh- like Shield Knight, for example, she has so much more emotion now that you can see just in her little sprite and her little face that you can never really tell in the 8-bit versions in the games, it really adds a lot to the Shovel Knight universe. Even if the lore doesn't flesh out the world of Shovel Knight that much, the ways these characters just have so much more personality and style thrown at them really goes a long way towards that, I think. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I want to draw attention to the word you just used, which was lush. This entire mm. game is lush. Like every oh, yeah. every pixel is like richly rendered. Um, 
the way the gems sparkle. There are certain effects when you're when you're digging down through the dirt where like occasionally I don't know if you guys have encountered this. You'll hit like a like a spark. You'll trigger like a sparkly thing, and it's like oh, if you dig through all these sparkly blocks of dirt, you'll get like a special bonus. Mm-hmm. Like yep. all of that looks incredible. Um, watching the the uh, the gastronomal. I was just about uh, to bring up the gastronomal. Please, please do. <laughs> okay, so he is one of my favorite new characters in the favorite game. character. Yes. Yeah, he's excellent. I would die for the gastronomal. Uh, so b- basically, he just sells food that you can get all in the middle of your run so you can recover some health or maybe add new bars of health you it's really really helpful but he's just adorable too he's a Mm -hmm. little mole at his little stand he's got a little chef hat on and whenever you buy something from him he does like this little twinkle and like winks at you and he does the chef's kiss thing he just goes like it's a chef's kiss it's It's "Mm." great yeah and he also speaks in rhyme and puns which really i think all the mole i think all the moles do i love it uh, like the Tombola mold does That's the same true, the tom- thing that, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, he's also a top, you know, top top five character for sure. Um, I do love the Hoofman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's great. He's a little horse. He's in the very. He's in the. He's on the surface. You go and you, you you talk to him. You can buy special keys from him to let you unlock relics um, uh, or artifacts. What what are they? What do they call them in this game? I think they're relics. Relics. You can unlock. Yeah, um, yeah you can buy a special key from him. Where if you bring the key down to a certain level. Um, in the in in the actual what do you call it the well the mine what what do they call it the well the well yeah yeah if you if you if you bring the special hoofman key down the well to a the proper door you can unlock a new relic I love the hoofman he's a horseman um he's he's sassy he preens he like he's constantly grinning love him he's like an all timer like oh, something about the the yacht club character design philosophy is like. <laughs> so good like i don't know what you want to call it like i don't know if that's an art direction thing or like a creative director thing or what every npc is just bursting with personality and and in humor and animation is on point like they're i don't know like they did an incredible job with all of these new characters um i don't know i'm, I'm very on board with with everything they've added uh to kind of flesh out the the extended shovel knight uh roster i'm very very on board with all of it for sure. I, I'm right there with Mark in that, like, this is, like, the best Shovel Knight art style yet. This is the best that Shovel Knight has ever looked. And if they're going to make a Shovel Knight 2, please at least let Nitrum do the graphics or something. Just because yeah. it looks so good. And I can't really think of a way for the series to look better while keeping the pixelated retro aesthetic. It's, like, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, That said, I... I don't know. It, I I kind of am with you there, Mark. Like, there are certain I, I wouldn't call it like features that are lacking. I I wouldn't call this a a shallow game. Like by oh, any means, right? Like it it's, is it's definitely call... it's it's oddly smaller than the other two Shovel Knight games. Yeah. And it's had the longest development period, and I wonder if that's because they had trouble developing the procedural stuff. So maybe, maybe. That, you know, and COVID it's maybe that like. I mean, listen, yeah, we, we can't discount the effects of COVID. Like, obviously, that affects everybody. But um, mm. I'm kind of right there with you. I don't necessarily see it as a negative. Like, you got, listen, y'all, you know me. Like, you know I'm, I love my games to be between four and 12 hours. Like, that's the sweet spot for but me. But I will, I will say this. This is the highest priced Shovel Knight game. Is it? 
Yes, oh, that's twenty five dollars. Okay, I believe it's twenty. I'm gonna double check that right now. Yeah, I believe it's twenty five. Pull up the eShop right now. And the other two games launched at fifteen when they came out. Right, and, and at this point, you can buy the treasure trove for what twenty twenty five dollars. It's it's on yeah, sale. Yeah, it's usually on frequently. sale for like yeah, fifteen yeah, yeah. or so. Yeah, which gives you so, all the DLC packages, it, which is just like dozens of hours of, of, of content yeah it's 24.99 you are you are yeah. correct uh mark and pocket dungeon is at 19.99 treasure trove at this point is 40 bucks but again it goes on sale somewhat frequently um and you can buy the base oh, so the original for... yeah the original shovel knight and pocket dungeon launched for 20 not 15 but right yeah, but this one's 25 right 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 so yeah, I guess your mileage may vary there. Um, again, for me, it's like I don't mind that it's short. I, I honestly appreciate that it's short. Mm-hmm. Um, I will see if it has the staying power of Dead Cells or Hades or Binding of Isaac. Like I, I don't necessarily think that it will. It wouldn't shock me if there is extra content for this game coming down the pipe. Like it feels as though that's that's a common thing for this kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I know Celia said they weren't planning on it during our interview, but like, who knows what'll, what'll happen down the line. Um, I don't know. I'm curious. Um, if they did do like, Hey, we, we made DLC for Shovel Knight Dig. What, what do you guys hope would be included in that? Probably like Just... a story expansion personally, mm-hmm. like some mm-hmm. sort yeah, of probably. new area that expands on uh, Shovel Knight and Shield Knight's relationship in a way, and again, not to spoil the ending, not to brag on the fact that I'm the one on this podcast <laughs> who's seen the ending, but it does give you a very natural out to have a little story segment that builds ah. off of the ending. So, that's what I would want. What about you, Mark? Uh, yeah, exactly what Campbell said. I, I mean, I can't really think of anything else besides maybe, like, some more areas with cool items that utilize yeah, different aspects maybe like of the gameplay in, stuff like that in addition, but, uh, in addition, yeah, that would biome. be included in a story yeah 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 yeah. like an additional biome that maybe expands the story and has one mm-hmm. or two more fun new relics to unlock or something like that yeah i, I could mm-hmm. see i could see that being i being i will say for everything i say about this game i still recommend it and still think everyone should get it oh yeah and what's sad is that i'm seeing online where i'm not seeing any discussion of this game Mm-hmm. which seems a little it seems a little i know we asked celia about that last week and that you know that kind of worries me because i want to see yacht club succeed but right. i have a feeling this might like be another pocket dungeon <laughs> which yeah. i hope it's not i you know i want their like, games like to you're, good you're i want like them to a, keep making these yeah a critically acclaimed game that isn't like a blockbuster success yeah which is right. exactly what you just described, Pocket Dungeon. <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's a lot of what Nitro, Nitrum's recent games have been, too. Like, yes, Bomb Chicken, people thing. who lo- yeah. played Bomb Chicken love it. Have you actually heard of Bomb Chicken since it came out have, on Switch? Uh, I have, have never heard of Bomb Chicken. Have you no, heard could, of could... Gunbrick? What the, like, no. One of the best platformers on Switch made by Nitrum? that nobody's ever played <laughs> so unfortunately it's something that yacht club kind of has a track record of now pocket dungeon and nitrum has a history of and i'm also seeing from some people who have played dig are making some really i don't want to say stupid complaints but like there are people who are like man the game is too easy and i'm like i'll say it i'll say the complaints saying? are stupid yeah okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say it <laughs> all right uh, people are idiots if you think that this game is easy Please don't don't offend me like that. I struggle to finish this game, so <laughs> I don't want other people to be better at it than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough because 
like, and again, not to get all philosophical with it, but on the one hand, I love a discreet, like condensed experience. Like, all right, you play it, you did, you know, you did like, I don't know, however many runs, you did 50 runs, and you're like, all right, I'm good. Like, I, I, I completed this. But on the other hand, I would love, like, a Binding of Isaac style, like, never-ending, like, every run is so wildly different. Like, I don't think you really get that with Shovel Knight Dick, where every run is so crazily different from the last. Like, for the most part, your runs are going to look pretty much the same, because Shovel Knight has two attacks. He has the shovel drop, and he has the exactly. the shovel swing, and then whatever relic you have, I guess. So, that, that's... Everyone's going to look pretty much the same. But, you know, even comparing it, obviously Hades is kind of a special exception. Every run in Hades is going to look wildly different depending on the weapons you have and the god, the boons you bestow upon Zagreus and all that stuff. So this game doesn't have those elements, I would say. But I don't necessarily think that's a negative. Like, again, for, for me, I'm like, great, perfect. A game that I can just, like, kind of be done with after a certain point. Incredible. <laughs> I have no notes. But on the other hand, I, I kind of see where you're coming from, Mark, where you, I expected maybe something a, with a little bit more staying power. So I'm, I'm curious to see what yeah. the, I don't know, what the, uh, what the, the kind of the tale of this game ends up being, you know? Again, I wanted to just do well because, sure. you know, sure. we want them to keep making these games. And if they're not yeah. doing well, then we're not going to see them. Right. I think simple. it'll do, I think it'll do, I mean, again, I think it'll do well, I, like, it's reviewing pretty well. The game is undeniably very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's exactly I, what we said last year when we played Pocket Dungeon. Right. Yeah, yeah you're right. At, at the very least, Pocket Dungeon had a bit of a crisis of audience and actually advertising itself because still today there are people who are like, wait, Pocket Dungeon is on Switch? I thought that was a mobile game. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think don't I don't think anybody's making that mistake with Shovel Knight Dig. Like the audience is a lot clearer and it's not trying to do this weird hybrid puzzle roguelike new genre thing that that pocket dungeon was doing instead dig is targeting the very lucrative very clearly defined roguelike market and i think that if you're a fan of roguelikes and if you're a fan of shovel knight you are going to have a blast with this game it is an extremely well-made roguelike and it has a lot of wonderful nods to the shovel knight universe even if there are some aspects that we've been talking about where it doesn't really go as far as it could it's just a great experience if you really want a great roguelike great shovel knight game Pick up, pick up, dig. It's excellent. Yeah, I, I think that's mm-hmm. pretty much where we can kind of come down on that. Uh, Campbell, did you write the review for this for the website, or, or that was that I you? Did. You did. Okay, so so Campbell's got some coverage on Shovel Knight Dig over on Goomastomp.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. Speaking of rhythm games, we're gonna talk about a rhythm game, Taiko no Tatsujin. Rhythm Heaven is that festival? <laughs> festival, <laughs> ah, so close. Rhythm, Rhythm Festival Heaven would be nice. Freudian slip, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. We'll call it a Freudian slip. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna be right back, and we're gonna talk about Taiko no Tatsujin. So stay tuned. We shall return.
And we're back. Mark. Takanatatsujin Rhythm Festival, as the game is called. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. I, I played a little bit of the original Takanatatsujin on my Xbox today, but I have not played this new one. Uh, Want to tell us a little bit about it? Yes. So, Takanatatsujin Rhythm Festival. It's a great game. But a very interesting one, because depending on how you're into this series, I think it's going to dictate your purchase. And the reason I say that is because this one has a subscription model, which we'll get to, because it's actually fine. Don't worry uh, about it. Yes, yes, yes. And then the base game pulls a lot of songs from the Taika Notashijin, uh Drum and Fun, which was called The Master Drummer on... Uh, <laughs> on xbox and i think it was called drum session on ps4 but it's all like the same game why did it they all have like one different feature it's so nauseating why do japanese games do this where every game has like 15 different titles anyway it's really odd (laughs) no i've i couldn't explain those titles for you but it pulls music from that game from the nintendo switch release and then it also pulls music from the uh, the rhythm adventure games which were like two uh, rpgs that they had a while back Mm -hmm. Which are like smaller titles. They have good reviews. Never played them though. I, I play um, them, and so, they are excellent. Just, just to jump there. You go. In there. Yeah. <laughs> but this game is—it's um, more Taiko no Tatsujin. I mean, you know, it, it's more Taiko, more fun. That's really the best way to put yeah. it. They have some new modes, but for the most part, you know, the reason you play Taiko no Tatsujin is the music. You want to be able to have those songs. And this game is in an interesting scenario where there's a music pass. So you have 79 songs in the base game, but Hmm. there's over 530 in the subscription pass. So you have like almost 600 in total. And they have amazing stuff. They have like Dragon Ball Z and Cowboy Bebop and the Namco originals. And they have all this fantastic stuff in DLC. And the DLC, it's I believe it's nine ninety nine is ninety days. I think, I think that's the price of it, if I'm correct. Okay, but so like three I bucks think, a month. Yeah, so about three bucks a month, or you could do four bucks a month if you want to pay monthly, and you get all those songs. If you're like a Tycho enthusiast and you love this series, you're gonna have no problem wanting to pay up for it. The base charge for the game of sixty dollars and having a bunch of reuse content from the last release is a little disappointing but those extra songs and some of the extra game modes here there's like a don chan band mode where everyone has like a different instruments and you all have to like coordinate your concert it's a really fun mode i really love it it's a great addition to the game and then the um they have this weird mode um where you have like these little toy figures and the idea is the player who performs better gets ahead of the other it's literally like the regular multiplayer mode except you watch like these little toys like attack each other and the player to destroy the most toys wins it's a little has some like light very 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 light rpg elements to it it's fine i i think the don chan band mode is way more enticing for people who want to play together but it Mm. you know it does the job so that's really what there is to say about the game and on, on one hand, I feel like out of all people on the podcast, I should be disappointed by that. But I really love this game. It's like, it's really, it's a great upgrade from the last one. And I really yeah. mean that. There are some songs that aren't here. Like, I, I don't know why the Splatoon music isn't here this time around. And some of the Mario Odyssey stuff. 
That's well, all listen, we like, know replaced. we know that we know that Nintendo loves to take down any anybody putting up <laughs> uh, Nintendo music. Like they hate that, even mm-hmm. if it's on the Switch. But they they uh, swapped it out for like Legend of Zelda theme, which is great. But then they have oh, like sure. the eight bit Super Mario Brothers theme, which is like oh. we got we got that instead of you know the songs from Super Mario Odyssey. It's like right. Well, you it's know, kind of a bad trade off. You know, <laughs> there's gonna be a a like Nintendo DLC or like like you know they're gonna do like oh keep subscribing and we'll eventually really like, yeah you know, that's the other happen. thing yeah we don't know what's happening with the future of this game so hopefully you know the subscription pass they're going to make it more enticing for you know people right. who keep coming to the game and they'll be like let the record this show, many songs and all let that. the record show and express and hit a podcast does not know the future i know you guys Attack are counting on us for that <laughs> but we, we don't know the future of tacon we simply do not know um <laughs> despite our best efforts um Campbell, if you, I forget, you have played some of these games or you have not? I have indeed, yeah. Um, awesome. Actually, the only games I've played in the series are those weird little RPGs that Mark alluded to. Uh, yeah, Taiko... What are they called again? They were so memorable. Uh, Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythm Adventure. There you go, the Rhythm Adventure games. By the fact that I couldn't even remember what they were called, that <laughs> pretty well signifies how memorable they were as RPGs. But they had the same basic taiko no tatsujin gameplay which was golden uh is really fun but it was all wrapped up in a really basic turn-based rp or just a random encounter uh based rpg which was fine but just mm-hmm. not super memorable but uh yeah the gameplay of taiko no tatsujin is excellent and all the various crossover songs you can get in there are just which great. we didn't even talk about mm-hmm. this game you drum and it's a rhythm game. <laughs> oh yeah, there's that too. We oh, should. Hey, we hey. never. We never even talked about what this game is. So if you never heard the, of the classic, you have no uh, idea what ex- we're talking about. The classic and Express Nintendo <laughs> podcast thing of like, let's just jump full force into what we think about the game without <laughs> describing what the actual video so, game is. Mark, how uh, about you tell yeah, the people so I have, home how they play yeah, the tell game? Tell the people. So you have three options, or four options rather, for the Switch version. So, so you can either use the Joy Cons to like pretend you're drumming. Mm-hmm. which is fine you have touch controls which you can use on the touch screen which is great it sounds like it wouldn't work but it works so great and then you have button controls which you'll know from the other versions that was how you probably experienced it cameron i'm guessing on the xbox version yes 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 that's correct and yes. then you have the last one which is the taiko drum which is a physical oh. accessory which is incredible. It's the I'm looking definitive this right way now. to play this game. I was you like, just you thinking, have to like, get this to play this. I was just because listen, I was a diehard defender of Donkey Kong Jungle Beat uh, <laughs> when, that game, when that game came out in the game. I guys, that game is so goddamn good. I can't even describe to you. Um, I wish they would bring back the conga drums in some capacity. Uh, do you have the the accessory for this, Mark? Yeah, of course. I have the drum. My girlfriend got it for of me course, for my birthday says. last year. <laughs> She's like, you have to have it. Yeah, she uh, got it, it for me last year, and I was so excited. And I literally use it, like, all the time. Especially, wow. you know, this game, I cannot play it without the drum. Like, I have to use the drum for it. Currently seventy four ninety nine on eBay, uh, yes. plus $9. In I believe the Bandai Namco store actually has them in stock currently for oh, import. Oh, damn. I was just thinking, because I, I played a little bit of the original game. or I don't even know if it's the original. I played a little bit of whatever is on Xbox Game Pass before we started recording. Just to kind of be mm-hmm. like, all right, I need to be able to to like talk about this game. And the entire time I was playing, it was like, I... Because I don't... The Xbox controller is the controller I'm least familiar with. 
Um, yes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like I would say mm-hmm. I, I would say I, I play the PlayStation probably the most. Um, that's probably the, the thing I have the most familiarity with, followed by the Nintendo followed by xbox xbox is like on the bottom tier in terms of like if you ask me mm-hmm. like hey where's the a button on an xbox i'd be like i don't fucking know like i, I got no idea <laughs> so so playing a rhythm game with the xbox controller was a nightmare, it's a nightmare. I gotta be honest. <laughs> it's a nightmare it's it's, it's terrible and, and for some reason or other, the xbox controller buttons aren't as clicky I, I, listen i can't describe Which could what be i'm talking about yeah it feels weird they're not they're not as i don't know to me they are not as responsive as a, a playstation controller or a nintendo controller i don't know why that is there's probably some reason for it. I don't know what it is. Uh, so, so you describing this peripheral as like, God, I want it so badly. Um, I imagine it's complete, it. a complete game changer. Um, oh, it looks so good. I'm just staring at this this little this little drum. <laughs> I want it so badly. But I will say, I will say this. I used the drum for the last game, and I tried out all the controls with drum and fun. This yeah. game, I feel like the drum is way more responsive and i feel like i've never had to actually go into the settings and do the recalibration for like different tvs and i've now experimented with this game on four different monitors and tvs interesting it works great i never had a single issue on any of them i immediately just plugged it in didn't have a single problem the other game i would always have to recalibrate it sometimes i feel like there would be a little lag and i'd recalibrate it again especially when i took it over to my girlfriend's house it was like forget it was a nightmare i had to recalibrate it like four times oh but interesting. this one just plug it in not a single issue didn't have to recalibrate wow. it once what so a concept i think they uh i think they fixed that <laughs> that's good that's really good um what are and then the other favorite- thing about this game uh, I have to say, before we get to favorite songs, I know you're about to ask that. I was about to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can In this game, they took it from the PS4 version of uh, Drum and Fun. You can customize Don Chan to have like all these costumes and stuff. And they have like a Mario and Luigi costume. And then they oh, have like cute. Kirby on a warp star, which is like a headpiece for Don Chan. It's all really cute. There's a lot of personality dumped in here. There's so many options. There's like a ton of color palettes and designs and there's a shop where you can unlock a bunch of stuff that goes into the costumes and the the drum war mini game and it's great it's all set up perfectly the one thing i don't like about this game there's one mode which is the story mode which is not a story mode because you rarely ever get to actually play a song during it it's it's more so like a like a visual novel which it's like it's cute but it's like there's nothing to it you know, like sure. I wish it was an actual story mode with like a challenge or something, but instead it's just like a bunch of random nonsense between Don Chan and his new friend. And it's like a slow, slow thing that you progress through where it's like you'll play a couple songs and you'll get a, some experience points and then you'll have enough points to see the next chapter of the story. And it's like, I kind of like, I didn't even need it. Like, I don't, I'm not even sure why this is in the game to begin with, but uh, it, it's there. You'll probably you know go through it to maybe get some like achievements or items or whatever but yeah there's really no point to the story that's the only disappointing uh aspect to this entire release gotcha uh well now we have to talk about the actual you know the substance of the game the songs songs. yeah um something i greatly enjoyed when i fired up uh on the xbox was like again Listen, y'all, I'm a huge fucking weeb. Like, we know this. Um, <laughs> so, like, seeing all these anime songs, 
like you can play you can drum along to the cruel angel's thesis the theme music from the genesis evangelion like mm-hmm. the, Demon Slayer, the theme song to dragon ball z Monkeys. is there like naruto is in there it's all in there uh, okay, so that was like, yeah like I, I know I, I talk crap about the RPG Tycoon Tazishin games a little bit ago, but when you're fighting an enemy while playing it Tycho gameplay to the tune of the opening song from Attack on Titan, like <laughs> it's one of like the top ten Incredible. gaming experiences right yeah. there. Ten out what of ten. More, what more could you want? To honestly, be quite honest. honestly. Uh, but what, what about you, Mark? What what uh, what have you been enjoying um, playing music okay, to? I'm going to shout out a whole bunch of different stuff just to Please. get the ball rolling. Uh, the William Tell Overture when it comes to classical music. <laughs> I really like that one. I really awesome. love the the Beethoven, the dun 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 dun. Like I don't know what that one's Beethoven's called. Beethoven's Fifth. Symphony Beethoven's number five. Yeah. There you go, Symphony mm-hmm. Fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, Persona Five, Life Will Change. That one's great. Kirby Wait, Star Allies. Wait, there's Persona Allies. music in this. Yeah, Life Will oh Change is God. the only one. And then uh, Kirby Star Allies theme is great. There's a whole like melody to it. It's just like a perfect there's combination. Persona and Kirby in Kirby. this game. <laughs> yeah, I, it's this everything game is I love. Made for you, Mark. Yeah. And then uh, some of the Taikonotatsujin like themes and stuff is great. Cowboy Bebop Tank, it's like the best wow. opening to a show ever. Like that song is perfect. Uh, so that one's great. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, the Katamari theme is fantastic. Yes. I love yes, that yes, one. Yes. Uh, Dragon Soul from Dragon Ball Z is great. Studio Ghibli stuff. I love Howl's Moving Castle, Ponyo. Uh, let's see what else so much off the top of my head uh i don't know what the song is called maybe it's called zen zen i think that's what it's called it's like big on tiktok right now i'll, I'll insert a little clip I, you'll know what it is after you hear it probably love that yeah but, there's, uh, a, there's a that one's great such a such a great spread across different genres. Does this game let you kind of organize the tunes by like anime? Yes, you can create by, your own okay. playlists or awesome. you can go through like anime, pop, and like the different categories that they have. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which it is, in- there's one thing though, there's no search bar. So like oh. my brother and I were playing a few nights ago when I took it home for the weekend. He was trying to find um, Jujutsu Kaizu. That's that's the anime. I think that's what it's called, right? Jujutsu Kaisen? Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah. He was trying to find, I think it's the theme for it. And I had no idea where it was. So I'm looking through like the whole subscription-based model. And then I realized that it's actually in the base game. So we spent like 10 minutes trying to find it. It was like ridiculous. And then meanwhile, it was in a different section. So the organization of it all, like, yes, it's organized by genre. And then obviously, like, if you have a bunch of Pokemon themes from the anime, like, they'll all be lined up. And if you have Dragon Ball, they'll all be lined up. But then everything else is kind of shot out of order. So, like... Studio Ghibli is the final songs for anime, but even though S, you know, for Studio Ghibli, it should be way higher up. It's all the way at the bottom, which is, like, weird. Hmm. (laughs) So, I don't, maybe it's, like, the Japanese text, like, maybe there's a way they have it organized there that just didn't translate well to the English version, but it's a little hard to find the songs you're looking for and you really have to just remember what number song it was because when you have a playlist of 592 songs it's a little hard to remember where certain songs are you know yeah that's it is surprising that there is uh, 
not some kind of a search functionality. That, that's a little bit shocking to me. Um, so you just have to kind of organize it by 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 what your like, favorites you, or by your yeah. favorites. I see. Mm-hmm. There's really no other way to do it. Yeah, that's all you can do. <laughs> um, nice. Well, other than that, like, is there anything more to, to, to shout out about the about this game? Uh, no, honestly, the online works great. Haven't had a single problem. I don't actually know if you're playing against players at the same time or if it's like the ghost mode from the last game where oh, once you play sure. like online, you start playing, it's like it'll record your data and line the sign, the, you know, so there's no lag or anything for other players. That's how it worked in the other game. I don't know if it's different here yet. I'll, I'll obviously specify in the review once it's up, but, uh, yeah, there's honestly, I, I really love it. It's, it's a great game. It's, you know, if you're new to the series, it's the best starting point in the entire franchise. I'll say that outright. If you're coming back after Drum and Fun and you're not that big of like, if you're not a huge, huge fan, but you want more, I would say maybe you should wait for a sale price just so you can grab the base game on sale and then dig into the pass. Mm. Um, and if you're a diehard fan, just go for it. You already know what you're getting into. You'll love all the content. Nice. Uh, great. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, so Technotoxygen Rhythm Heaven. No, I did it again. <laughs> rhythm, What's it called? Rhythm, Hest- rhythm Festival. Rhythm Festival. God, I, I yes. can't believe I did that two times in a row. <laughs> rhythm Festival. Technotoxygen Rhythm Festival. It's on Switch. There's a subscription model, but it's not that bad. That's, that's actually good to hear. Um, because for me, that, that actually makes so much sense for this kind of game. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that, like, that's not more of a more of a common thing, or maybe it is, and I just haven't been paying attention. I have no idea. Um, have you? Did you write about this game for the website, Mark? Not yet. I'm working yet. on the review, but it'll, gotcha. uh, so Mark, it'll be working on the review. Keep an eye out for that. Um, other than that, I, I think that's kind of all we have got to talk about tonight. Unless there's uh, uh, anything else we want to shout out indie wise I, I finished haiku the robot uh to, just to follow up on the conversation that campbell and i have been having for the last three weeks um it's good uh, uh haiku the robot very good beat the game at 100 percent 100 percent map completion 100 percent of the items found i i did all the things in that game and i can say that it is very very good very satisfying um very much enjoyed it i'm i'm glad i i finished that game uh, so yeah, if you need your Metrovania fix, Haiku the Robot, still very good. If you need your Rhythm fix, check out Rhythm Festival. And if you want your Roguelite fix, Shovel Knight Dig, that just might be the ticket for you. Uh, other than that, I've been your host, Cameron Daxon. You can find some of my writing over on Goombastomp.com. Uh, recently, God, what's the thing I just wrote about? Uh, a Tinykin, a game that Marty and I talked about last week or perhaps the week before so I, I read a review on tinykin which i finished and really really loved surprised by how much i enjoyed it i'm over on twitter at action daxon mark where can people find you on the internet find me at the markel that of course is mark with the c kel the k you can find my work over on goombastomp.com and tiltmagazine.net i'm currently reviewing andor for tilt and then up on the website for goombastomp i have all stuff on splatoon and xenoblade and indie and just a lot of stuff <laughs> A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Uh, Campbell, what about yourself? You can find my stuff over at GoombaStomp.com. Uh, I've got a written review of Shovel Knight. 
dig. I almost said Pocket Dungeon. I mean, you I also said, I wrote, heard it. Yeah. I also <laughs> wrote the review for Pocket Dungeon. If you want to read that, it's a good game. Yeah. Please buy it. Support Yacht Club. Um, but also Shovel Knight Dig. If you want something more relevant, um, and you can find me on Twitter at Campbell uppercase CSG. Lovely. And Express also on social media. We're on Twitter at N Express Nintendo. Uh, rate, review us, all that good stuff over on the podcast platform of your choice. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.